Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. A very good afternoon to you. Welcome to Nurturing Wellness on the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. I'm your host, Mishka Daddies. Really a pleasure to be with you in studio today. And if we can recall, it's twenty, it's 12, uh, 16 minutes past 12, which means that half the school day is over if they are not full time. For those who are um, at uh, maybe grade R or grade 1 or even grade 2, they should be coming out pretty soon. So can you believe that the first day of school is almost over? It feels like just a few seconds ago, we, myself as a parent, uh, took my um, daughter, my eldest, to, for the very first time to school in grade one this year. So really a nostalgic moment for all of us and many posts up on Facebook saying that I was crying or, you know, as the parents, that we were crying as parents and um, our children were like, goodbye, mommy, go, go, bye, see you. <laughs> so how was your first day at school? We'd love to hear from you. Please SMS us on 47913. What are the emotions that you were going through and obviously to take us through this to take us through what is going to come when the homework starts and the covering of books etc we've got online Auntie Najmanisa Solomon a life coach motivational speaker and a counselor with an Islamic ethos Auntie Najmanisa assalamu alaikum to you Walaikum salam wa barakatuh mishka and shukran once again for allowing me this opportunity an absolute pleasure. Antinaj Munisa, um, unfortunately we couldn't do the program yesterday, but we managed to get a hold of Mu'alima Fatima Abrams to talk to us about a little bit of time management and madrasa studies, etc. So at least everybody, you know, um, had a chance to, to look at their times and hopefully manage it. But now, of course, it also comes to that question of managing you, you, the kids going back to school, you being maybe a full-time mom or dad, and having to come back, having to cook, clean, clean the house, look after the kids and their homework. How do we cope, Antina Junisa? <laughs> um, very often mothers that is past that stage, like myself now, ask ourselves how did we cope? Mm. And we look at our children and we can't even remember a time in our life where we were actually coping with those things. And living in the moment, I remember saying to somebody in last week, the only way I think I, I managed was to get today done. Mm. If I manage to get today done, I'll kind of manage to get tomorrow done. Yes. So it comes back to living in the moment and understanding Islam is all about living in the moment and being able to to reflect the evening of how your day was and saying shukr to Allah that you have finally managed this day in the best way that you know to have managed it. And if you didn't or you didn't fulfill everything that you kind of expected of yourself to fulfill, you just need to be more gentle with yourself and say, you know what, then that wasn't necessary to fulfill that day. Mm. It can actually be done on another time. But sometimes, or most of the time, we have greater expectations of ourselves in what we can actually manage. But Allah, do not put upon us what we cannot manage. Mm. So we must um, work with the consciousness of, how we are feeling today, we need to rest for half an hour or lay down and sleep when you have a new baby. The other one has just gone to school. You must understand how do you manage your time when you are a stay-at-home mom. When you are working mother, you need to look at it again. How do I plan my day? Like I hear some people have stayed up after Fajr, and Fajr is very early nowadays. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And by the time they have to leave, they want to go back to bed because you are so tired. Exactly. So <laughs> you just push through and you push through and you maybe work a full day again and you come home tonight and you, you automatically your day just starts much earlier. You have a much longer day. But how do you manage your emotions and feeling about, feelings about having to cope within this day? 
Mm-hmm. We can sleep for, for two hours, but if we have an intense, very deep sleep and a good night's rest, we only need four to five hours and we can have a fruitful long day. So the, the, the brain needs a certain amount of rest. This eight-hour sleep is something that is encouraged within growing children, within developing stages of children. But when we, the older we get, the less we sleep. So as we grow older, we will only need the amount of sleep or feel extremely tired if we didn't have a proper sleep. Mm. So when mm. we look at, at a long day, like staying up from after such or after four until tonight again at nine or whatever, mm. it's a very long day. But if you look at nine o'clock, 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, there's a seven-hour good sort of sleep that you can get in. And even, even if it's only six hours, but it, it must be a good rest, a good okay. deep sleep. Right. If it's a restless sleep, your day is definitely going to catch up with you and you won't be able to cope with the demands that you actually have for the day. Mm-hmm. And Tinesh before we continue any further, let's take an ad break and again inviting our listeners to give us uh, an SMS on 47913. How did it feel today if you took your child to school for the very first time, whether it was a creche or a um, or big school as, as the kids are calling it or primary school or even high school for that matter? You know, what were the feelings like today? We're talking about first time parents back to school. How do you manage time and how do you manage separation anxiety? We'll be back after this. Your kids have gone to, the, uh, to school for the very first time today and you might have felt extremely overwhelmed with emotions and trying to find, uh, you know, what are you really feeling? That's what we are looking at today. And did you cry even more than what your children did? Please SMS us on 47913 and tell us what those feelings were all about. Today we are speaking about first-time parents being back to, um, or rather the kids going to school for the first time. And then also looking at that all-important separation anxiety. Who feels it more, you as the parent or the children? So online is Auntie Najmanisa Solomon, life coach, counsellor, motivational speaker as well. And uh, Auntie Najmanisa, we were talking now about being in the moment, and I think that is so important. Um, But one very important thing is I found many parents complaining about children not wanting to get up for school, or it becomes a screaming match or a shouting match. When your children are so difficult to manage in the morning, how can you be in the moment at that time? Sugar and Nisha, that's a very important question and it's easier said than done. Um, when we find ourselves in these situations, we've got the most beautiful advice from the Prophet Wasallam, where he gave to Sitna Ali radiallahu when his grandchildren were born. It's the first seven years of the child's life you play with the child. So are you in a good space when you see your child is, is throwing a tantrum or throwing a a uh, f- form of frustration or not wanting to go to school, depending on the child's temperament. So here, once the kid becomes in the play movement, the play waking up, the play washing, brushing face, brushing teeth, play dressing, play eating, play in every form, and it takes a lot out of a mother or mm-hmm. a father or a nanny or any assistant for that kind of matter. But it's important to understand the, the easiest way to get through to the child is knowing the temperament of the child and knowing that you prepare a feisty and a slow to warm up out before you're going to wake them up. You go to the room and you kind of gently wake them or call their name from a distance prior to the time that they need to get up so that they can digest this and register. But if you come to them and you just grab them and wake them up in the bed, they will be very irritable and, 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 and 
shouty and screamy and unsettled. Mm. The easy to flexible child is the one that will just go with the flow and get up and do what needs to be done. But just wake him up first from the door and um, the name from a distance, Muhammad Faiz, Muhammad Faiz. My boy, you need to get up in a quarter of an hour's time. It's on. Although they don't understand time, they don't know the time. They know that there's a preparation for something bigger that they need to go and, and, and do. Mm. So you're going to have to leave off in the kitchen when you're making lunch or whatever and come back to the room and say, it's now that time. Can you get cooperation now? Look at here. You've got a pink toothbrush and you're putting like smiley faces on, whatever, whatever. And, and, and try to encourage your child in a, in a humorous kind of way. But if you're going to be irritable and you're throwing a tantrum, what can we expect from the child? Mm. So if you're going to go into a shouting match and being frustrated and uh, uh, communicate with the child in that particular way, you're only going to get worse in your return. So here's again the adult taking composure and understanding where they are at and the responsibility that they have and how they're going to manage four or three or one or two children that they're going to have to get ready to take them off to school so that the child can also be in a comfortable enough space by kicking and crying and maybe not wanting to go to school. Uh, talking children through things is vitally important. Preparing children for the afternoon and coming home and what they can look forward to. Some have swimming classes that they love. Some have this classes and that classes that they look forward to because they may be the more practical kind of children. So you have this um, carrot, as a person would say, to, to distract them from that moment. They can also be active children, so they only focus on the worst of what you are saying. Mm. So to give them a carrot and to guide them in saying, you know what, this is the time that you're going to spend at school and it's going to happen and that's going to happen. You're going to get to know new friends and are going to into frenzy or whatever. And the first time child in any, any family, even if it's your fourth child that you're taking to school for the first time, it's going to cause you and the child a little uh, uh, separated anxiety, especially the child. I had a lady this morning that spoke to me about a one-and-a-half-year-old child that she took to a crest just opposite her, mm. but she had separated anxiety, and it's her fifth child. Wow. <laughs> but she, had, said she was waiting for the child to cry after her and, and, and throw something so that she can have an excuse to take him home again with her. So these are all the kind of insecurities that parents are feeling. Have they done a good enough job? Is the child going to be confident enough? Depending on the child's temperament, the child once again will be learning social social skills, they'll be learning sharing skills at a very young age, especially if the child is alone at home and the other children are all at school or the adults. They can look the case in Erin's Natuchan. So when it happens to them, they're more excited than what you are. So eventually the teacher had to send the pictures of where he is and what he's doing and how he's playing, and it's only a year and a half. So here already you find children entering the arena of social development and interaction with other children is what they need to complete a lot, lot of parts of themselves. And the motor coordination by digging the sand in a safe enough space where they can explore colors and missing and not being restricted at home by don't touch that, don't go there, don't do this. Your house, if you have small children, needs to be home, uh, child friendly. Mm. And, and, and you worry about people's going to come and It needs to be a home. And it's a living space where there's human beings living in there. 
And that can also put strain on children. I have one person that is so out. The children is locked up in their room night and day, every day. They're only allowed to play in one specific area. And if they finish, they must do this and do that. And she's forever scaling and nagging the whole day. So this child builds up an anxiety of fear and worry and concern. So the child exits out at school and the teacher might say to the parent, the child is like this, that and the other, I'm wondering why and whatever, whatever. Then it's something that the child continues up the home into the school area. And also sometimes those are the children that fears to go to school because why they are comfortable in a certain amount of space and not afraid of having to... Um, go and socialize or, or, or go into another environment where they are not feeling safe enough yet. Mm. And as it goes on while they're at school, that can be encouraged and developed because it's, it's age-appropriate for them to do those kind of things now. Mm. And Mother? also, in, in, Mother? but in terms of, um, you know, when do you send your, your child to school? Because I know some parents don't have the option. The, the kids have been at school since four months old already because the mothers have to go back to yeah. work. But if you have that choice of um, when you can send your child to school, what would be the appropriate time? The appropriate time is between two and a half and two. I mean, that age you can start introducing them to play school introducing them to other babies, going to a support group with moms and babies where you are there, but you can kind of socialize with, with women and, and have a cup of coffee and, and have a biscuit while your children are playing together. And there's lots of schools like that popping up everywhere now. Then the child gets into a, another level, but it's important to encourage, especially if it's a child that is alone at home um, with bigger siblings that all leaves in the morning, or if it's your first child and you now have to introduce your child gradually into the social world, then it's encouraged for moms, it's all around encouraged for moms to actually go to little moms and baby support groups. There's a lovely one at King's Street, there's one at Claremont Medical Center, where the young mother can attend these groups and start having discussions and interactiveness with other mothers like her and learn from each other. They also bring in, the, I know the parents have got those groups, mm. and they also bring in specialized people to help those mothers manage their lives mm. better with the children. And questions can be asked, and they'll bring specialized people in. I can just tell, say what it's done for me. Mm. I was a young Muslim mother with two children, and my boss felt that I was white enough at that time to attend a support group at Lady Buxton in, in, in Newland, okay. which I had no idea of even exist or whatever. But it helped me so much to understand that I'm not alone. I had a bit of afterbirth depression. I came there and it was more women with that. There was discussions around that. I learned so much about anxiety and depression and raising the baby and separated anxiety where I felt responsible for the child, but I also want to get away from the child mm. because it can become overwhelming for yes. you. But also having to actually trust somebody else with your child knowing that you've been taking the child from here till there, but now I actually have to trust the teacher or the kindergarten or the play therapist with my child. Am I, am I okay with that? What am I, what's going through me? Am I waiting for my child to reach out for me and say, Mommy, don't go? It's when a parent has more need for the child than the child has for the parent. So they can immediately be to develop that codependentness for the emotions of fulfilling the mother's needs. So here we need to look at ourselves as adults and the child wants to feel an adult around them, not another child that they have to support and look after and worry about. Exactly. So a lot of moms 
um, doesn't maybe have the support spouses or moms and aunties and uncles or other children so they, 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 they're very alone in the situation and it's very scary but it also causes a lot of anxiety when they have to let go of this because they've only trusted what they've been doing and knowing and understanding so now they have to extend this trust with a child into another space and it causes havoc in your endocrine system that goes on around in you but that child will be feeling that Mm. All that a child wants, any child for that matter, whether the child is 50 years old also, and he's he's still got a mother, he will sometimes want the mother to be a mother, an adult, and not play on his emotions. So all our children want is for us to be the adults and for them to be the children and for them to be able to develop these stages of development as they go on. Mm. Lots of times you see parents speak to little children like adults. Why are you doing that? Don't you listen? Don't you have ears? And and it's it's I mean I'm guilty of doing this thing at the time when I didn't know any better. But if we look at ourselves as adults and we now have to reason with this child, this child is exploring certain things and trying to feel what does this feel like? Where does this fit in? Why is this laying here? Or where can I kind of connect this to whatever? So he's saying, Please guide me come down to my level and understand where I'm, what I'm going through and teach me about this. Not like some parents say, no, you want to touch it, I'll let him touch it, he must feel it's going to burn him and oh, whatever. So you get different kinds of beliefs and understanding of different types of people. So the child goes to school and the child keeps up a, a major racket of fear, of withdrawal, of clinginess, of holding on to the parent. And the parent pushes the child away and say. No, go, you're going to be fine, you're going to have a teacher, you're going to have friends, and what, 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 whatever. There's something that the child is feeling unsettled about. And the best way is to go down to the child's level, look the child in the face. It would be nice if the teacher of the, of the school is close by, mm. where you can then exchange the child from you to the teacher. Okay. By securing the child and saying that it's okay, mommy, understand that you are going to feel this way. It's your first day, it's going to be three hours. But just look, there's your teacher going to, so he sees another adult on the other side of him. So from the one hand, we exchange into the other adult world. Mm -hmm. He can feel secured and knowing that teacher's going to say, Mommy, it's fine, you can let go, this child is going to be. And most of the time, they tell the parents that you just need to get out of the way. Mm -hmm. Your child is really okay. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the time, the children act out the emotions that the parents are actually feeling. Right. And Tinaj, when SMS that, that comes through, if you are a stay-at-home stay mom, then the best time to send the child to school is when they are seven years old because most children that goes to school early in the year often drop out of school because so much of the years are spent at school and they get tired. Would you like to comment on that, Antinaj Munisa? Um, I'm going to respect this person's opinion. It may be a personal experience for her, but I won't say that it's um, cut and dry in that particular way. The school that you send your child at the early stage is not actually a school. It's an introduction to, to, to the world. It's an introduction to social skills, which our children also need. A lot of times when you stay at home, mom, the child goes with you to the supermarket, your child goes to this way and that way, and, and, and the child doesn't get exposed to anything beyond the household. It's then this child grows up within this family structure. And as we know, it takes a village to raise a child. So mm. if the child is exposed 
to other children, other mannerisms, other characters, other home environments and interaction of different, it actually stimulates and develops their emotional intelligence at a very young age. But we as parents are fearful about our children and we're raising in a codependent kind of way where we do not allow their emotions to actually rotate through their bodies and fight their own little battles in their own little way by teaching them how to be comfortable, confident, and competent at a very young age by understanding that you can go for an hour, and this is the introduction that we encourage first two days a week, maybe one day, two days, then three days, and it's later stage it goes on. And look at the amount of hours that you're now circulating this child into a broader environment. Mm. But I do respect the lady that feels that a stay-at-mom only at seven years old. Um, everybody has a different opinion about it. Definitely. And I think also if you are capable to teach your children, uh, you know, in between as well, you know, um, how to read and whatever, because I know uh, from my own experience as well, Antina Junisa, my um, almost seven-year-old can already read basic words. Yeah. So that is yeah. a, um, a a motivation also to want to send your child to an informal type of uh, schooling system before the actual school starts, because they do get that if foundation. You, if you're a mother that's capable of teaching homeschooling and you have mm. the time and you can manage yourself in that particular way where you are actually structured and have that one and a half to two or three hours where you homeschool your children from a very young age mm. by creating a little corner where that is our school area that's our play area and this is our living area where we are now and get lots of moms today oh, yes. especially the young mothers I take my hat off to them oh, yes. that are academics and well educated girls but that sees that as the most important education for the children, which I admire, and I'm, 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 I'm very happy to see that they've evolved in that particular way. But it doesn't mean it's going to be appropriate for all of their children. They might find one of their children will not be comfortable with that kind of thing, and they might want to enforce it on that child as well because they have always done it. We, we have to be open that children be able to guide us. Yeah. They actually yeah. make us parents and they guide us of oh, how true. they want to be yeah. taught and developed and groomed within life. True. Because they teach us a lot of things if we're going to be open to it. Their senses, their feelings, their temperaments, mm. their it's like the temperaments, all of those things teach us actually with the way they react to something, they teach us how to handle them mm. again. Very true, Auntie Najmanisa. And uh, let's take the ad break. When we come back from the ad break, um, maybe we can discuss, you know, the importance of someone being at home when the children are done with school, if you Very don't mind. Very important. We'll be we'll back. Do that. Great. Stay tuned. <laughs> Twelve forty-two on Voice of the Cape, and of course, this is the time of the morning or the afternoon, rather, where we nurture wellness. And when we talk about wellness, we don't mean health. We talk about um, wellness means that you are good. Um, on the body level, on the mind level, on the spiritual level, and um, you, you're really being in the moment of it all. So please, please do to, uh, join us every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, where we discuss the matters that pertain to your overall wellness, inshallah. But for today, we are discussing um, first-time parents, if you're back at school as well for the kids, and it's the very first time that maybe you are back at work after quite a while, and you're having to manage your time appropriately in order for you to fit everything into the day or if you have been a parent that dealt with separation anxiety this morning that you ended up crying a little bit more than the, than your children you've got to tune in for this program
program. Joining me online, Auntie Najmunisa Solomon, life coach and motivational speaker. And you're welcome to, of course, SMS us on 47913. Auntie Najmunisa, before we continue, the person that previously SMSed also responded again, saying that uh, she's found that a ch- children that go to school at seven years old, they cope much better than the child that goes to preschool because the best introduction is at home. It's up to the parent how to go about it. Alhamdulillah, my children are adults now and got good results. So shukran so much for that feedback. We really appreciate it. Um, and we do welcome those more, um, or more SMSs on 47913. So, Antinaj Munisa, it's more or less the time where the kids are now coming out of school and it's been their first day. Um, should they be given that responsibility and when are they given that responsibility of opening up that door and there's absolutely no one in the house or should there be someone there to receive them? That is such an important thing that you're saying there now. It is so high on the value list. It needs to be somebody to receive your child. Whether your child is in matric, whether your child is in grade one, Mm. for that child to come home to some adult, it is vitally important. Even if it is your nanny that is going to be there or your housekeeper or your lady that assists you with your domestic work, but it's it needs to be an adult person at home when the child comes home. And very often today we find the, 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 the older child has to go and collect the younger child at school or the child, the younger child stays in aftercare immediately and then the older child goes and picks him up and sometimes with the younger the other one is in grade three or four that has to pick up his sibling and then walk home or take the taxi home or the bus home or whatever and then get home and maybe fetch the key by the neighbor or somebody and, and then enter the home um, and maybe there's a couple of dishes waiting or there's stuff that needs to be done at home or they must make themselves something to eat. It immediately brings a, a, a void in the child's life from a very young age. I know that parents are struggling with that, and they it's not easy. It's it's very hard because the single parents especially find themselves a lot in this situation, but also absent fathers, uh, mm-hmm. home environments with absent fathers, where women also find themselves in these kind of situations. And it is for that reason that we have found in the in the in the earlier years. Um, in the earlier 18th and 19th century, where there was always grandparents that was um, a part of those children's growing up time. And you hear a lot that the first or second child grew up with an auntie or an, a, a grandparent or another lady down the road that they went to or aftercare kind of a thing. But it's so, it is for the child's emotional immune system, mm. is vitally important for that child to be able to get home and there is somebody to receive this child. And the responsibilities that have been put onto young children today as having to fetch their siblings from the creche or from the school and then take them home and then, of course, mom and dad arrive at the time and so on. It, it affects children from grade one to in matric. Um, I'm talking about what we see every day and what we are challenged with and what we have to interact with mm. a young boy in grade grade 8 or 9 mm. um, lost his grandmother um, that they used to receive him coming home in the afternoon after school and and nobody took note that it, it, it mattered to him and it did something to him only when when he when he when he was found out of doing something notice as a business I'll say mm. then his school called his parents in only then they realized that this child is doing something because of something else yeah 
not that it justifies it, but the feeling needs to be acknowledged in saying that I know now that you've lost your grandma or your auntie or your mom or whatever, that although you are older, you are you are matured enough that I think to come home and to see to yourself, but I would like to know what are you feeling coming home, yeah. not having your grandma at home in the morning. Mm. And allow the child to, get to acknowledge that feeling. This is the one thing, Nisha, that I want to encourage and I want our parents to really, really, really be aware of is the interaction with your children from a very young age. Creating a platform where speaking about um, feelings and emotions is important. Have a feeling vocabulary chart on. Have little faces and things on your fridge or a picture with all different feeling expressions and names on it. It's all available today. So you see the younger generation of children, of, of, of young married couples are very in tune with these kind of things mm-hmm. and they will express it and the children are very vocal about the emotions and some older people say they're rude, unless they're outspoken, or unless on the scope of fear of that, the other. But it actually allows them to become more emotionally intelligent hmm. and to be aware of the situation of, I also have feelings. Hmm. Not that my life must be based completely. And I like the holistic approach that the Voice of the Cape has about wellness because it's a holistic person. It's a, it's a whole person with mind, body, and soul. The mind will always be the the playground of shaitan we the subconscious mind will take over and be wiggling and waggling and wishwasher all the time the heart will be the one that's always feeling stuff and fighting with the feelings and not knowing what kind of feelings it is and the soul will always be the authenticness of cellular core level of your fitra that will wanting to push you to be more pure and even as young as that little child is He's already got that three, or she got those three things in their bodies as a little baby already. So they throw little tantrums, they throw little voices out, little tones of cry, little tones of screams that we as adults need to understand and be intuitive with so that we can read what is my child actually trying to say or listen to the feeling of the child. When the child behaves, everything starts with a feeling, it becomes a thought. And it becomes a behavior. So what is the behavior? Rude, passive, aggressive, uh, assertive or or feisty, whatever. What is the thought behind that? Am I being robbed? Is something taken away from me? Do I have to display this kind of behavior to receive something? And the parents end is a place where parents can help through this understanding as far as what is the child's unconscious behavior. Also going into parenting uh, workshops or getting books on parenting. Also uh, children, single mothers approaching a stage where they maybe um, interact with another male or wanting to get married again or blended families where there's two two couples that's both divorced and both have children and they now come together as a blended family. Um, some responsibilities of the male, if he has custody of his children, falls onto the wife. Sometimes the wife's children is with, with a new father and that's responsible. So how do we look at this whole um, blended um, situation? We always find the mothers are being isolated and the responsibility becomes almost like uh, a single parent. Mm, uh, responsibility, mm. even if there is a father. We must also understand, Mishka, we come from a background of a culture of absent fathers. So the understanding of fathers have to go out and work to bring the sustenance in to maintain the family. But many a times in today's time, you find the father comes home after work 
and they are so tired, they don't interact with the children, they don't touch up for them, they don't make their less fun, they don't read a story, or they don't sit for the homework, or they don't help with covering of the books, because But we also find even if both parents are working, that the mother must come home and she must come cook, she must come bath her feet, she must see that the stuff is ready for tomorrow morning, and she must see that the homework is she must see that the books are covered. And daddy also works but he doesn't contribute after working. And this causes an imbalance within the family cycle yeah. as the understanding of the males and the females is growing up with that environment. Mm-hmm. So if both are working, both need to be a part of it. I'll do your part and like to the mark. And Tinaj Munis, unfortunately, we've only got three minutes left. I just want to focus on two things. The mm-hmm. importance of the lunchbox um, and not uh, doing takeouts. I remember at uh, mm-hmm. uh, um, at the creche uh, during one of our parent meetings, we were told, please, parents, um, you know, the, the chicken outlets and, you know, mm-hmm. all those um, other food outlets, the fast food outlets are not allowed at school. We are going to actually start banning it. So how important is food? That's the one. One question and also um, being conscious of Allah during this time and asking your children already that if they do find difficulties at school, they turn to Allah first um, oh, as well. That, that is something that needs to be inculcated within a child, a family that prays together, stay together. So a child follows, learns through the five senses at a very small age already. You'll see one year old, a couple of months, you're already making sujood or they drag mm-hmm. the musla around or they put yes. a face on the head or they put a dukkhi on the head. So there's already mirrors that they are mirroring their parents and the things that's happening in their homes. So again, when it comes to any kind of solution, and very often my kids used to say, not inshallah now, because they already know inshallah <laughs> is something that is going to wait. Mm. So here again, if Allah wants to have, we make plans and Allah's plans is above ours. Yes. So we need to inculcate this at a very young age already with our children in the understanding of surrendering mm. when it, it is out of my hands. It's something that I cannot reach and then I must surrender it to Allah. So it, it's something we have to introduce at a very young age. But coming back to the child, uh, Mishka, when you said, what was the first question you said? The other one was in terms of food and looking after the children oh, yes, the in terms the of the health part. Yes. Yes. Understanding what is good food for the mind, the body and the soul. So if you look at food, like there's an ad on that says EQ food or something like that. Again, the baraka in making and preparing the lunch, not only cheaper, but the baraka and the love the child can feel and taste within that food. And if you put lunch in for your husband or your children or anybody for that matter, even if the husband does it, and they do it for the sake of Allah and not for the sake of the child, and this becomes too much for me, that I have to make three boxes of lunch every night or every morning, I have to do this, I have to do that. Don't do it for anybody, do it for the sake of Allah. I can tell you, it changed my life around when I started adopting the attitude that everything that I do is for of Allah. Mm. So it doesn't become you butter the bread for the sake of Allah. You put that bologna or that cheese or that peanut butter on for the sake of Allah and you prepare it with love. That child eats that love and that energy that you've now prepared it for And try to look at a balanced diet. Some starch, some some uh, um, protein and some vitamins in, in all different categories. And children love variety. When they open their lunch boxes and they see this variety, it immediately stimulates a variety of things within their body. Mm. Uh, just the one sense of seeing it, smelling it, in tasting it. So immediately you need to stimulate those senses at all times. So look at the variety of colors that you'd like to watch outside of the world. 
Shukran so much, Auntie Najmini. Okay. Unfortunately, our time is up. I really enjoyed the conversation. If anybody has missed it or got part of it, they're welcome to go onto our podcast, iono.fm, and uh, they'll be able to find it there. Shukran, all the best, Auntie Najmini. Chat to you again yes, next week, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.